Welcome to Ogilav Nanagus. Conversations about Irish mythology with the story archaeologist Chris Thompson and Isolde Carmody at www.storyarchaeology.com Series 2, The Battle of Moitura, Episode 8, A Journey Through Moitura, Stories in the Landscape. Well, last time we were discussing the story and the themes within the story. Yes, it's themes and it's structures, looking at doubling and mirroring. But this time, let's talk about the story as a real story, because it is set in real places. Absolutely. It's located directly in a real landscape. Yeah. And a landscape with which we are we're fairly familiar. Absolutely. It, it is very local to us. I mean, we do maybe go on about this a bit. But um, if you're interested in how stories and the landscape and people interact, it is utterly fascinating. And we did discover before that there are people out there who don't know that Moitura is a real place. Where people still live today. Exactly. And that most of the places, not all, but most mm. of the places in the story can be located. Yes. Now you have to excuse us if we um, talk about, we talk more actively about the places that relate to Leitrim, Sligo, the Donegal. And Roscommon, yeah. Because, well, it's easier. We, we want to give a personal impression of the places. And when we're talking about the story, we're going to try and go through it as chronologically as possible and tell yes. the journey of the story. Yeah. But I think it might be as well to include some of the folk traditions. Absolutely, and particularly when it comes to the actual location, the townland of Maitura and the area around Loch Arrow, um, there it is very rich with place tales. You know that that don't appear in the official Dinhianicus and so on, but they're they're still there in people's minds. Well, you couldn't really leave out Dinhianicus stories, could you? No, because the, there's a way in which a lot of the prose epics and even you know other poems and so on have a flavor of Dinhianicus to well, them. I'm just thinking of what Dinhianicus actually means. Yes it's the history of prominent places is what it means <laughs> and so that there's a an argument to say that every story within the Irish tradition is a Dinhianicus of some kind. You see you're so used to the word that I was suddenly thinking of course, maybe yeah. <laughs> we ought to actually see how apt that actually is. Yeah. Well I suppose we can start if we start in the text Yes. The text begins with the coming of the Tour de Dolan to the land of Ireland, or yes. the emerging. Yes. And in terms of the story, though in a way they've always been here, yeah. in terms of the tech, they come in from the hidden cities of the north. Exactly. And folklore suggests that they land on Schlieven Aaron. Yes, which is our local mountain. Now, for any Americans out there, please don't laugh when you discover just how not high our mountains are. It's about 2,000 foot at its best, isn't Yeah, it's, it? it's a relative term. It's, it's a mountain for us. <laughs> exactly. And in a landscape which is full of hills and dips, you know, it, it does somewhat stand out. It's a landmark. Well, it certainly stands out in this area. Yeah. It's called the mountain and the mountain of Iron. And yeah. it's said that there Govnu put his, uh, you know, his first forge. forge yeah. And certainly it's been mined for iron as we said in uh, a previous episode, uh, from, well, time immemorial, yeah. certainly up till the 18th century. Yeah. The little town of Drumshambo, which nestles at its foot, yes. is... Um, it's a mining it town. It's a mining town. Yeah. And the iron from there went to make up the Hapney Steps in Dublin. Bridge in Dublin. Hapney yeah. Steps. Exactly. Steps is in London. Hapney Bridge. Yes. Uh, it 
And you can see the remnants of how it's laid out of yes. the mining town. And of course, across the other side of Loch Aran, you have the Erignas and the Corrie exactly. Mountains, which are full of coal. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, coal was mined there. And well, when I moved here in 1990, it was still. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very it's still much processed there. Yeah, very much living memory. You know, and I'd say most of the families in this location have some kind of a relationship with mining. Um, when you, when you go back in their history yeah. and the Arigna mine, the last of the mines mm. is now a museum and yeah. um, visitor centre, very well worth visiting. Yeah, but it's also staffed by people who used to work it down. Yeah, you know, some of them, they have uh, guides who used to work down the mine. Yeah, so it, this area, we, you know, it was a place of industry. Yes, and a place of that, uh, you know, of mining of iron and coal, mm. which I think is very apt for the the technology because I think in mm. a way when they land when they emerge from the hidden cities of potentiality if you yeah. like which is a bit of a fancy <laughs> way, of, a way of putting it but they really do they get on and start working with new technologies exactly it's it's about you know extracting the material from the earth and then processing it and making something beautiful and useful from it which has been one of our main kind of character characterizations of the two of the Danans. so mm. yes it's appropriate and it's quite clear that a lot of this story is told at a time when the the working of the forge the mm. working of iron is a very new and magical thing absolutely and, and centrally important to its society um, now I think I probably should point out that in our ninth century text um, it doesn't mention Schlieffenirin unfortunately it mentions a place that it calls Kirkubelgadan uh, otherwise known as Convac Namara, which is Connemara, basically. So it's a little bit further away from us in, yeah. in the 9th century text. And it's one of those things that we discovered in both the 9th century text and the early modern Irish version. They both have this kind of keenness to dispel the myth that the two a day came in cloud ships. You know, there's that kind of glossorial voice saying, this is patently ridiculous. You know, so Which they, suggests that there was, in fact, a, a very live... Very strong folk, folk version which said that they did. Exactly, and that's the version where they land on top of Schlieffenirin. That sounds a bit perverse, really, doesn't it? That we're saying, yeah. well, obviously you know, there was a strong story that said they did because they're so keen to say they didn't. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, certainly I do know that, that, that and Moiren is where they're supposed to have landed. Yes, yeah. so you, but you've always, with this, this Moitura story at the beginning, you've got this double layer because yeah. the first battle takes place in... Mm. Um, down in Connemara. Yes, yeah. Well, a sort of Galway Mayo area. Again, the, the area is not specified in our tale, but when once you get into the tradition where there are two battles, that the first battle with the Fearbolg is Moitura Kunga. So that's Moitura Kong. And Kong is that little narrow neck that separates Loch Mask and Loch Corrib. It's a completely different type of environment oh, and atmosphere, is. isn't it? Where oh, yeah. this is um, Drumlin country. Yeah, yeah. You've got these long, well, like Schlieffenaren is a, is a, is a, a long hill yeah and you've got the, the the two ranges of long hills either side of a very beautiful um, sort of almost um, I was gonna say a liver shaped lake but it isn't really <laughs> it's like an elongated heart it's yeah wider at the top than the bottom yeah uh, what drumlin shaped lake yeah yeah between two drumlin shaped hills yes and you've got a lot of lakes and a lot of hills yeah. and um, uh, Schlieffenaren, well, I suppose Quirka, which is slightly further north, yes. is another of the high. It is, yeah, it's one of the higher points in, in the locale, yeah. And uh, between here and Donegal and Fermala, mm. you've got uh, Schlieffenaren, you've got Quirka, you've got a range of hills mm. in North Leitrim. And you do have things like the Eskers as well, Eskers and Ridges, and uh, Moitura itself, our Moitura, 
is really kind of a, a ridge rather than... Well, it's a glacial landscape. Exactly. It's very clearly a glacial, gla yeah. glacial which is why you've got so many well, of our drum, drums, the ridge. Yeah, yeah. Everything is drum this or drum that. Yeah, drum, exactly. drum a hair, the ridge of the two demons, two drum, drum shampoo, the, the ridge of the old cow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even Leitrim is Leah Drummer. It's the grey ridge or the yeah, yeah. the place of yeah. ridges. You know, yeah. it it it. So think of a a, a landscape of lakes and hills and mm. these beautiful long escarpments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but if we go down to uh, Conga, to Kong, yeah, yeah in Mayo, yeah, Mayo, it's a very different sort of landscape. It is. It's much more kind of open, and uh, it can be bleak. I think a bit boggy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's not boggy here. <laughs> You know, even it, more boggy. It, it is beautiful, uh, but it is it has a very different feel to it. You know, you've got sort of much further off horizons, if you like. Yes, it's the land of the curlew rather mm. than here. Mm. You mm. don't often hear the curlew. You can hear the curlew here. Occasionally, but, often, but no. But, but oh, that is the land of the curlew. Yeah, absolutely. The land of the curlew and the snipe, I believe, actually is from oh, there. Uh, stop sniping about the curlew. Yeah. <laughs> you've got the Kavanagh poem about Monaghan. But anyhow... <laughs> So our our text, if you like, it starts down in the sort of Galway Mayo area. That's with where the, the, the first... nod to the folk version, which starts here. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, the first battle definitely is yes. down in that rather bleak, rather yeah. distant, down towards Galway. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of the story goes on for a while. It's very coherent. Yeah. It does then settle down in the Mayo area. Yeah. Because the conception of Bresh, which is definitely by the sea. Yes. Now that's in Mayo. Yeah. Well, that's that's. Um, it's uh, in Vershkena, isn't that right? That's right, yeah, yeah. Where that happens. So, and yeah, it's thought that that's kind of the north, around the northern coast of, of Mayo. So Although it's... there is um, a, a Skena, a yes. Skena in Roscommon, which is close to Loch Arrow. Yeah. Now, um, in what I was reading in, I think, Hogan's Onomasticon Gadelicum, um, there is a slight confusion because the, the uh, people oh, are doubling again. Exactly, the people are of Shkena, but the inverse must be of Cana or a plane of Cana. There's a confusion essentially between two areas, one of which is Cana and the other one is Shkena. It makes sense to it to be in Mayo. They, yes, if you take the story through, they've yeah. gone down. They fought this first battle with the Fir mm. and they settled down there. Yeah, they yeah. clearly settled down there. Because and there is, of course, the tradition of the Fir uh being located around Galway. Yeah, you know? and they still um, they still claim ancestry claim ancestry of the Fir yeah. to this day. Exactly, good old Galway. Yeah, but then you've got um, Brush's Fort. Yes, which is also near Loch Corrib. It is, it? yeah. So and again, Russia. it's 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 that area once again, Loch Corrib and Loch Mask. You know. So you can see in all the early parts of the story, um, Brescia when Brescia oh, got me at it. Brescia when he's made the leader. Yes. Settles down there. Yeah. He holds court down there because yeah. everything's happening in that area. Yeah. So it's quite you know after the battle they don't go and live elsewhere. Mm. He becomes the regional leader of yeah. that area. Yeah. Exactly. If you're going to take the story as an yeah. actual sort of if you're historical. Gonna, yeah. If you're going to set it yes. in a real place. Yeah. Um, and that fits in because when he sends off uh, Ogma and um, oh yes, and Dagda to, to do their to, work, to the slave work. Yeah. In fact, Ogma has to go for wood to Clue Bay. Exactly, and that's Mayo as well. I mean, Clue Bay is um, it's quite a, a significant inlet, I suppose. Now, if, if you've looked at a map of Ireland or been to the west of Ireland, you'll know that particularly that bit that sticks out, which is Galway and Mayo, it's got a very kind of rugged coastline. It's it's been battered by the Atlantic, and so it's full of 
um, you know, sort of inlets and bays and, you know, very jagged outlines. Now, they're not quite fjords, but uh, Slarty Bardfast might have drawn them in, you know. I mean, they're quite fjords. No, they're not quite fjords. They're just weekly bits. Yeah, we do have a fjord somewhere in Ireland, but I think it's further north. But um, Clue Bay is supposed... Yeah, We actually have a fjord. Yeah, we yeah, have a technical it. fjord. We also have a coral reef off the west coast. Yeah, and you See? can go whale watching and yeah. dolphin watching. And uh, I keep telling my son everything you can do in Australia. Yeah. Oh, and loads of surfing. Surfing. The surfing can, is massive. Oh, massive, massive And especially surfing. up this part of the country. Yeah, it's a great surfing yeah. area. As I say, you can do anything you want. <laughs> yeah. But just don't expect to do it in warm. Exactly. In warm, yeah, yeah, warm temperatures. Yeah. You just do it in the cold. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, Clu they land Clu in the cold. Clue Bay is supposed to have 365 islands in it which is obviously a, a number that the, the Irish people like since there was also 365 herbs that grew off Meath's mm -hmm. grave so yeah One Clue Bay exactly it, it's it's a major enough inlet full of little islands and so that's where Ogma is going off to collect firewood so that's like you say still where we're located you've got a coherent story yeah there with the uh, stronghold Mm. I don't know whether there is any, uh, there probably, you see, you've got so many ring forts I know, all over yeah. the country that it's difficult to identify anyone. Anyway, you find, you know, there's not many fields you'll find which haven't got a history exactly. of a ring fort in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You can't plough a field without hitting a national monument. I mean, this this townland is Shanra. Yes. Yeah. Which means the old fort. Mm. Now, as far as I know, the remains of the old fort were ploughed away, a, or rather, dug away a couple of generations yeah. ago. Um but we know where it was. Yeah. Uh, mind you, there's, there's another one. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, not, not so surprising that you go, oh, well, you know, we'll just plough through this one. We've got another one down Not the that I'm suggesting it's okay to plough <laughs> no, through them. Don't get the wrong idea. You but can understand the thinking. In a couple of generations, yeah. there's, it was a strange mixture of protecting them. Yeah, yeah. Because, oh, it might be dangerous yeah, yeah. to get rid of them. And just, oh, no, we're modern, we get yeah, rid of them. Yeah. Which is why it's in the last couple of generations exactly, that lost. Yeah. Yeah, before very recent. And now they're protected again. Mm. But there was a couple of generations yeah. that were felt, no, nope, we're not super superstitious to keep enough to keep them. Yeah. This is not fair, really. It's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. But that, I think, couldn't we don't think we could identify exactly where Dunbrasher was. Again, I'm not as familiar with the landscape down there. I do know Galway University, for example, has a fantastic department of mm -hmm. archaeology and they there's people there specialising in landscape yes, I'm sure archaeology. It can be found. So I'm sure, again, I'm just not as familiar with that part of the country. No, as and other people we would haven't done a massive amount of research on no. this. We just thought that it'd be interesting yeah. to identify as much as we could and just talk about exactly, it. Exactly, really. just follow so it through. So this the story. isn't complete by any yeah. means. But certainly, as you're following the story yeah. around, it's it's settled around there, yeah. as far as we can track it. Well, then, the next thing that moves, if we go back to the folktale yeah. again, we're moving right up to the far north. Yes, because this is where we need the, the birth of Lou. And that is, of course, as we've said many times, only available in the folktale version. Yeah. Now, I've never been to Tory Island. No, nor have I. Uh, it's one of the islands off the northern coast of Donegal, so you're getting into North Sea territory. You're getting, you know, virtually into Orkneys and, and you know, Viking outposts in, in the North Sea. Um, Tory's not that far off the coast. Most We've got loads of little islands around Ireland. It used to be... Um inhabited it's no longer inhabited i'm not it? sure it still has its own king i know that much um and that's a very proud tradition up there uh, i'm not oh. sure that, yeah i'm not sure that he lives on the island all the time um i know that for example that there's a, a 
nice book by the comedian Tony Hawks, not mm -hmm. the skateboarders, Tony Hawks, the, the proper Tony Hawks comedian, called Round Ireland with a Fridge. Where he oh, yes, of course. Yeah, where he hitchhiked around the country with this fridge. And as part of that, he met with the King of Tory Island. And I think he went out there one day um, and to, to have a look around. Um, and he liked it. And he, he thought the King was a very nice fellow altogether. Um, I think he was probably trying to marry him off to a daughter or something like that. But <laughs> that's done a goal. Yeah, but that that's Tory Island for you. And um, in a lot of the descriptions of the Fovera, um, as well as this kind of the, the story of the birth of Lou and Ballers Island on Tory, you know, the Fovera are associated with the islands. Like uh, it's it's said that uh, they when they fled Ireland. They fled to the islands. They fled to Rathlin, they fled mm. to Tory, they fled to Eilie, you know, some mm. of the Scottish islands as well. They, they sometimes talk about Balor as king of the Hebrides. That's right. They so become the, the island, the people yeah. of the islands of the island. They they, they yeah. were marginalised. Exactly. Again. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure I know that people, island dwellers uh, still feel very much marginalised, mm. you know. Um, and in fact, in, in this country, you had weird things like in the uh, sort of, I think it was in the 40s and 50s when there was a government scheme to relocate everyone who had lived on the Blasket Islands. So people yeah. who had lived an island life for generations and who had done things such as, you know, uh, preserved storytelling traditions and uh, music. And, you know, that's where the wonderful Port Nabuki comes mm -hmm. from. And the government just decided, no, you're not going to live on islands anymore. Here, It was go. too expensive to keep people yeah. on islands, basically. Yeah, so that they just completely relocated them all um i think up to uh, well some of them onto the mainland and Kerry, some of them i think up to the gilesworth and county Meath, you know but it, it was just a kind of a quite cavalier wiping out of a part of ireland's culture yeah, well you know? i suppose people felt that they just you know they, it was felt that people just couldn't live the sort yeah. of life that but you know it's 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 no different than getting you know indigenous australian people to move off of their ancestral land yeah. because it happens to be rich in some kind of natural resource and put them into a reservation somewhere you know well, it's it not that, that far period off. when they thought that you know it was doing yes, people a favor exactly we know what's best for you mind you it's been long forgotten i nearly did it myself before i moved here yeah when i first came to uh when i first moved to ireland mm. i very very nearly ended up living on the isle of Inishfree. yes which is not yates's isle of no Inishfree. no yates's is the lake isle of Inishfree, and that's tiny yes <laughs> very yards across. yeah yeah exactly well no a few yards yeah. <laughs> no maybe it is just a few yards across it's very very small in the middle of um yeah not 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 enough to really sustain a, a, a community so no much. but the isle of Inishfree is um not far from dunlow yeah is it Dunlow? Yeah, do you know? It's I had completely forgotten yeah. about this. It's a long time since I thought. A great deal of time since I thought of it. Yeah. And in fact, uh, at one point, I we actually had an offer in for a house and thirty acres. Yeah. On the island. Yeah. And, um, uh, it was the biggest mistake I didn't make, actually. Yeah. yeah. But it was very interesting. There mm. was a small community of people. I yeah. don't think any of them made it. But yeah. There were no, there were no facilities there. Yeah. The school was a ruin. Yeah. Uh, there, you had to have your own boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were a few people eking out all blow-ins, eking mm. out a, 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 a rather odd existence. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, one or two artists who have weekend cottages. Yes, yes. And no trees. No. No trees at all. Though there was a forest of bog oak oh. trees. Yeah. Um, in, in you know, So it, it is a strange life. Mm. But I'm rather glad I didn't do it. But it yeah. was interesting looking at what it would have been like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no water, of course. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, you would just have uh, rainwater. Yeah. Um, they did have electricity. Right. Well, I think it was generators. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To think of it. yeah, so you are living a very different sort of life. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's also, you know, where a lot of the early Irish monasteries were located. Yeah, we could talk about other islands. Uh, yeah, um, but again, in this area, you've got Inishmurry, which has a long tradition of having monastic settlement there. You know, so the monasteries, they tended to go to, you know, the edges, really. Well, oddly enough, for the same reason as some of the people in, you know, sort of some of the uh, people who wanted to try living a different lifestyle, yes, yeah. most of whom saw sense yeah. before they got stuck. <laughs> but I can understand the appeal. Yeah, yeah. For a while it appealed, appealed to me too, yeah, yeah. though I wouldn't have gone as far as the monks on Skellig Michael. No, exactly. Although, I, again, as a kid... Oh, brilliant I, base, brilliant. Yeah, as, as, as a kid, I had this kind of longing for, for that lifestyle <gasps> myself. It's an incredible place, yeah. but, but that is the beyond of the beyond exactly it's a world heritage site and if you ever have a yeah. chance to go to that oh, do nothing to Take do with Palo. no 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 <laughs> no but this is just a, just a sort of feeling about yeah. why you get these stories connected with islands exactly yeah, yeah. so we end up with Balo on Torrey Island yes. I don't think the uh there's much evidence of the Tower of Glass no it's a nice that, one isn't it it is but I think that that feels like a later motif you know it's, it's, you're not likely to get so much glass, I think, in an older Irish story because we didn't really oh, no, have any no, glass. No. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, it's part of this Donegal landscape, yeah, this yeah. bleak, and we're talking bleak here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, battered by the Atlantic and the North yeah. Sea. And you do get the most incredible geology up there. It's almost Scottish bleak. Yeah, it? yeah. Very, I do know the Scottish islands, yeah. particularly the Caithness area. Mm, these are the places that are associated with the Fovera. You know, that kind of, the, the edge, kind of like us, but not completely. It's also that, that, oddly enough, it's got tied up a bit with the later influence of the Norse influence. Yes. Because there's been more Viking Absolutely, influence yeah. in that area. Yeah. To the point where, I mean, how does Donegal get its name? It's Dunangal, which is the fortress of the foreigners. Is that anything, do you think, to do with the Viking? I don't know, to be honest. There's probably plenty of um, theories about it, you know, and... And now it's, it's not the whole county, you know, there's the town of Donegal. The county is better known as Tyrconnell, of course, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it's more known as, you know, oh, the, the people who out. live there. But, you know, but there's also been a long history of um, exchange between Donegal and Scotland. And yeah, Scotland, yeah. as we that's know, much more likely, is much more Norse influenced, you yeah. know. And well, like I said, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. Not direct invasion, exactly. but that influence. Yeah. I mean, like uh, the surname McLaughlin. Yeah, is yeah. Comparatively. Uh, well, McLaughlin is quite common around here. You know. And further north. Yeah, you know. Again, same background exactly Lachlan, Lachlan, yeah the outsiders yeah yeah um which could be and i've always wondered whether there was an influence on balo i still think he mm. has some influence he's something of a frost giant yeah yeah i find this idea when he wants to pull the island of ireland north to yes. a place of snow yeah yeah you know and that once he's become this one-eyed fiery giant yes who with the strength to pull mm. the whole of ireland yeah. into the into the ice yes does have a feeling that there's a, a he's been colored by a mm. frost giant yeah. Quality. Well, of course, I mean, we, we know that there was uh, quite a large Irish influence on, on Icelandic 
culture. Um, yeah. You know, partly because uh, there was a huge amount of Irish slaves that were sold uh, to the, the Viking colonizers of Iceland. So, yeah. you know, the, there's lots of cross influences. I mean, we're just on. chatting. This is yeah. just speculation. Mm, but this and is what, what the landscape is like in, in each of these places. So, Donegal, yeah, it's very much on the edge, it's not on the way to anywhere. No, you can't really, yeah, yeah, unless you go into an HO and then you're really on the way to Derry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, it's. But then if we move through, you've got the birth of Lou. Yeah. And then, oddly enough, you know, the what takes Kian mm. to Donegal or to Torrey Island. Yeah. Now, this is where I suppose if you have Gov News Forge on Sleeve and Aaron, yeah. Sleeve and Aaron, rather, maybe Birog takes Kian north into the mists of Donegal. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know but yeah. uh, it makes it but logically if you're going to follow yeah. and set the story in the landscape yeah you're still in an area where one you know one part of the story leads directly yeah yeah from one place to another yeah now interestingly enough, something at this point happens quite that's quite odd isn't it because the story suddenly ends up in Tara yeah and you go whoops we were in yeah we, <laughs> we were in Donegal we were in Donegal or we were in Mayo yeah that's both in the west we yeah. were along the west coast and suddenly whoops Duda is a Tara. Tara. Yeah. And this this was we were talking about this and saying, you know, well, if if you were filming the story on location, which is how I was trying to think of today yeah. is is where would you get your locations? Exactly. And your location shots and suddenly you're going, "Hang on. Yeah, I'd explain this one." Yeah. It it what it reminds me of is uh when the Michael Douglas film Falling Down came out and Falling Down all happens in one day and it's, you know, some, a guy who's walking around LA. And I think Empire Magazine, or one of those film magazines, printed a map of LA with the various locations, right? And so most of it is walking distance, but there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a scene where he goes, uh, he, he's trying to use a telephone box and the guy mm -hmm. won't get out of the telephone box, so Michael Douglas blows it up, you know, and says it's out yeah, of yeah, order. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, in order to get to that telephone box, you have to go miles and miles and miles oh. out of the way of the the walking tour. It's just this massive kind of blip yeah, well, on the map. It's like the way sh in Sherlock. Oh, yeah. In the uh, routine. The BBC? No, not the oh, BBC no. one. The, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr. version. Oh yeah, he yeah. Um, he goes down underneath the Houses of Parliament yeah. and pops up onto our bridge. Yeah, just yeah. try it. <laughs> You'd have an awful long way underground. Yeah, yeah. Or um, in oh, I mean, twenty eight days later, it's great. Oh yeah, but that's a long walk. It's a very starts, long walk. He, he starts off, you know, we, we, I think if I remember, he's by in Shaftesbury Avenue, he's by the Statue of Eros. Oh yeah, or, yeah. Know. And uh, in the same walk, he's ended up at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Now it's possible. I've done it, but it's yeah. a very very long way. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a longer walk than you think. Yeah. No, if you know the places, yeah. then you go. Hang on a minute. Yeah, you can't do that. Exactly. I mean, put it this way: from where we are, if you were, you know, on foot, on horseback, uh, you could get to. You could probably get to some of the places in Mayo, some of the places in Donegal within a day's ride. But you wouldn't. But get you couldn't to. get to Tara. Now you were saying, after all, Nuada, um mm. he's remembered in Maynooth, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's very much more of the East Coast, which makes sense if it is influenced by Nuda who is a very much a British figure. Seems to be. Yeah. He has no other he has no other connection yeah, in but, Irish story. Yeah, yeah. He, but he's very strong. He's a very strong figure in yeah. on the British mainland. Exactly. So yeah, so Manuth, uh, which is Magnuid, um, is it's it's in Kildare, you know, it's it's virtually Dublin. 
That's how far off it is. Yes. You know, so no, there's much more kind of East Coast. Well, Maloof, I think of as Dublin. Even yeah, I know it is. I know. It's the stop before you get exactly, to Dublin. Exactly, yeah, yeah, on the drain line, yeah. So that's very much where Nuida is centred. But in terms of Lou coming to Tara particularly, I mean, uh, it just seems like another device for making the story big, you know, that, that if you have this hero who's going to save, you know, all the people, then he has to go to, you know, this mythical seat of power. Now, you know, there never was, in, in Irish history, there has never been a High King of Ireland. That just didn't happen. You and know, the High King of Tara is just a literary. The, yeah, well, no, there was a King of Tara that had particular sort of uh, attributes and particular status, but it, was, it wasn't the case that if you were King of Tara, then you were King of all Ireland. You know, it meant that you were one of the Regional many kings. kings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, you know, you, you would have various alliances with other kings, you know. So it's it's only one of the many, many seats Did of power. Did the king of Tara have precedence in any way over the others? Uh, not in any absolute terms. I mean, for example, there's the, the story of Kamal Koich, yeah, right, who is a kind of a mythic king let's say who um at the time of the story he was king of ulster and he held the kingship at tara so he he had two constituencies mm -hmm. um and it's the story about how he got stung in the eye by a bee which made him half blind coich mm -hmm. um and it has to do with you know bee injury and all the rest of it and that because of the blemish because he was blind in one eye he lost the kingship of tara but he didn't lose the kingship of ulster you know, and there's other kind of descriptions that the King of Tara is entitled to, you know, a certain tax and tribute from the lands around it, which is what you'd expect for, mm -hmm. you know, any mm -hmm. regional uh, sort of bigwig is going to be collecting course, tribute from Cormac, the area. Cormac, because he becomes the most important, yeah. legendary, yeah. Um, you know, king. Yes. He has to be centred at... Yeah. You see, he starts, of course, in college as well. Yeah. You see, it's it's this kind of idea that, yes, there was, you know, a, a kingship and court at Tara, but it has more significance in story than mm -hmm. it would have historically in many ways. That's That's my feeling about it, mm -hmm. you know. And we were talking about this and thinking that it's it's a little bit like Camelot. I mean, at least we know that there was... A, Tara is a real place. Yes. Unlike Camelot. And we do know that there was a king of Tara. Yes. Even if a regional king and an important regional yeah, king. Yeah, yeah. And we do know we can... Archaeologically, there are um, signs of buildings. Of, oh, yeah. There's huge, there. it's, it's an incredible complex, you know. But there are equal complexes mm. in other parts of the country. Absolutely. Archaeologically speaking. Yeah. Not least Kruachan, which is our local, you know, regional seat of, of power and was just as important exactly yeah well just, it has you know it's clearly has importance in in, in the time in stories as well yeah um but no it's this idea we we always get this idea that there was a high king of tara mm, as mm. i say with cormac yeah. he has to become high king of tara yeah yeah and the stories do move towards the east mm, mm. even though so many of them were seem to have originally been set in the west yes yeah yeah um which, so, which possibly represents you know a shift of influence just yeah. or it represents um you know the the places in which various stories got recorded what about textually uh, a later text tend towards the east um or is this too big a question i i think that's too general a question i don't think it's a, necessarily that that happens over time like you do get within the the law texts 
for example, you can identify the different legal schools mm-hmm. and, you know, that the, the, the texts are more centred around a particular seat of power or a particular, you know, group of peoples or of Tuicid, you know, and, and that there is then variation and disagreement depending on which law mm-hmm. school but you can the authors come from. See that there were different regional oh, yeah, yeah. texts, the, different regional yeah. places, and they eat, though, though, even if they were a loose federation. Yes, yeah, yeah. If I mean, you can even say that. Exactly. You know, again, when you're when you're sort of trying to imagine back to the context of these stories, you and have to... And when are you setting them? Yeah. You see, the other thing here, we are taking real places, yeah. and we're setting a story into real places. Yeah. It is not real history. No, no, God, no, absolutely In not. In any sense whatsoever. No. But it's quite interesting to see what the storytellers yeah. thought it was and where it was set. Exactly, and it, it tells us a lot about, you know, what was important to the tellers yeah. of these stories. But at any rate, Nuada's Court is set... In Tara. In Tara. Yeah. And like I say, it's a bit like a coming to Camelot. If you've got a big shiny hero, then it has to come to, if you like, the, the mythical centre of kingship. I think this is really what I was hoping you would say. Yes. <laughs> in a way. This is, it's, it's like, I, I, I was what I was thinking, but I, I was hoping you would say it rather than me. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that if you've got your shiny hero, mm. you've got to have your shiny hero's castle. Yeah. No, it isn't a castle. I'm yeah. Sorry, but, you know, but you've got to have this. And I think, so it shifts. From yes, Connor to me. Yes, yeah, for a while anyway. Um, mind you, you, you were t- you was, we were talking the other day about the problem of me. Oh yeah, that it it's should... something that really annoys you. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it annoys me it's that there lost. are there are officially only four provinces of Ireland, even though the word is Cúigud, which means a fifth. And that there, we should have the fifth province of Meath, which is the, all the sort of central part of Ireland, because without it, you get the you know nonsensical stuff like the county of Longford being in Leinster, and that just doesn't make any sense. It's very much Midlands. Absolutely, the yeah. It needs to be Meath. Just yeah, means the middle. And, and it's places like Longford. Yeah, I work in Longford a lot. I have a great deal of time for Longford. Yeah. it's um, you know from the point when I wrote a book with a lot of children because mm. it came out of an idea that somebody had said on the radio that Longford was boring. Oh yes. Um, so we had a, yeah. an alien landing in Longford. Mm. But, you know, but Longford's got some fantastic stories. Oh, yeah. But because it doesn't really, it's it doesn't belong to the West. Yeah. And yet it doesn't really belong to Leinster no. either. No. It is obviously sort of lost in the middle. Mm. And its mythic identity... Yeah, is as part of the middle. It, it, it is, and it's got a story I know we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah. And it's got some really important stories. Yeah. But it's the place... You know, it's one of those places where which has got slightly lost. Yeah, yeah. So give it back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this goes this this gives us the coming of Lutitara. Yeah. And as I say, we've been you know you, so if we were filming the story, mm. you'd have to come up with, and now we move to a completely new area. Yeah, and you'd and have you to see this shiny court. With, yeah. And yet the big characters. They don't necessarily live there, but yeah. it just is that Nuada does. Mm, now, well, I was thinking about the Children of Turin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, that has... Um, a coming to Tara. Coming to at Tara. The beginning, yeah. And it, it, that's set very much in Tara. Yeah, yeah. With, um, a re- with regional kings. In oh, Kant. yeah. Yeah. And, Although and, it's different regional kings at that point. Well, in in uh, in that tale, you have uh, specified Bull of Derig, who is king of... Uh, Connacht specifically it talks about you know the king of Meath or the king of Tara which is that kind of more easterly central part but it, it then also has the king of Connacht as Bud of Derek who is sometimes given a son of the Dagda who I think is 
a kind of a masculine reflection of Bazov, the Morrigan, because it's the same word, except it's got the word red after it. Mm-hmm. So the, the red raven, you know, who's, who is a, another uh, version of Bazov. But that's very much, you know, it, it distinguishes King of Connacht from King of Tarn. Oh, yeah. That, well, that's why I think it's yeah. a good example. You've yeah. clearly got these two places yeah. and both are important. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, if we follow our story, we now come to a bit of a problem. <laughs> the secret problem. There's yeah, the secret the, muster. Yeah, the secret time, the Amrun of the fair day. The year when they send people, including the Dagda, off yeah. to this wonderful secret. This is where all this stuff about uh, the lowering of mountains. Yeah, they, and the hiding of the rivers and lakes. Plan, yeah. All sorts of weird and wonderful mm. stuff. And it has to have, um, I always felt this had to be in a really special place. Yes. <laughs> And I was assuming it would be somewhere in the West. Yeah. But we can't find it. <laughs> well, the, the, the place is named as Grelach Dullad. Um, and unfortunately, as I've discovered um, by comparing the indexes, one at the back of Elizabeth Gray's Cath Megathurid and the other one at the back of Brianne Cleave's early modern Irish edition, they both have an index of places. Uh, unfortunately, with Elizabeth Gray's, it's she's more or less just taken things from Hogan's Onomasticon. Now, Hogan's Onomasticon was written a while ago mm-hmm. when they still had things like Baronies. Mm-hmm. And if you live in Ireland, you do not navigate by Baronies. Although they're still available. Appar- apparently, they still exist as part of census gathering. Well, that's what I would... I was trying to find out whether yeah. they were used at all. Yeah, days. and that's the and only... And the only reference I could find yeah. was that they are still used as a way of organising censuses. I know, but that just seems like a civil service kind of... Act, yeah. um, but it's... it's Something vestigial, you know? It is vestigial. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's something that has kind of bugged me for quite a long time, that in, you know, a lot of the commentary and notes on the Irish stories, that they talk about parishes and baronies, and it's it's effectively meaningless, you know, mm-hmm. because if you were trying to describe to someone where it is today, as, as we often do, we say South County Sligo, we say it's near Loch Arrow, you know, but... And we might even be able to tell what townland it yeah, is. Yeah, which... but, you know, we'd also say, well, it's a little bit to the east of Castle Baldwin, you know. Yeah, you yeah. have a county and you have towns that you navigate by. Yeah, and then if you want to be precise, as I say, you, use you tell people where the townland exactly. is. Exactly, but we do not use parishes and, and, and baronies. And so, and, and I mean, even here, if, if you were to tell someone that well, we're, we're here in the parish of Til- Kiltubrid. Exactly, no. You'd say that we were near Kishkarrigan in the townland of Shanra. Mm-hmm. You know, so it it just has bugged me for a long time that that's a, a lot of these, you know, identification of, of places within the stories is done in this way. And that's probably because of Hogan's yeah, on a they, they are able to be found. You can you identify can. them. And yeah. this isn't really helping us in this case. No, but Brian Lee Cueve, because he was Irish, in his index of places, he puts counties in. And um, there's a couple of possibilities for this place where the Amrun took place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called Grelach Dullad. Now, Grelach is a very common place name uh, element because it means kind of a swampy, boggy, a swampy, boggy place. place. There's plenty of them. Exactly. And in fact, even if you go looking for it in the Onomastican, it's under the wrong headword. Yeah. All yeah. all the Grelich places are actually put under the headword of Grian, which is incorrect. So mm. I'm just warning you now if you're gonna go look looking for it that it does have the wrong headword. But Grelich spent ages I know, I know. <laughs> Grelich Dullard specifically as a direct meaning, funnily enough, it's kind of the slough of despond. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it means the sort of bog of sadness. Bog of sadness. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. Slough of So they've spent it for a year. Yeah. Slough just gone. exactly. Now the, there's a couple of possibilities. Um, I think Elizabeth Grey goes down on, on the side of a, a Grelock, uh, which is known as a Grelock Green Oak or Green On, uh, which is over in County Down. In fact, this is more or less the the, the one that's most it's it's the most easterly of, of any of the places but there is another possibility uh, which i would favor um where uh, hogan has identified a grelic which is uh, near two kells and that's county meath that's not a million miles away from tara you know so i would favor kells over county down i have to say you know, otherwise we get an even bigger spike. And there's a, a hint of one in Roscommon, but I don't yeah. think it's that. Again, because Grelock is such a, a common yeah. place name element, you know, there doesn't seem to be anywhere which has retained the full place name of Grelock Dullard. You know, so that's what we have to go on. We can't precisely identify it, but... See, Elizabeth Bray Gray gives you the barony, which of course yeah. gives you County Down. Yeah. But there's no reason why it has to be that one. Yeah, well, it's, again, it's sort of going back to Hogan as the source, which Elizabeth Gray which has used. Which is circular again. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's where Elizabeth Gray has said, you know, that's where she's got it from, that it's this lower ivy in County Down. County Down. But within Hogan's actual entry on Grelick Dullard, there's also a possibility of one near Kells. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. and because of what we're looking at now, that's the one I'd favour. Well, that, as it were, the first part of the story is mm. definitely Connemara. Yeah. Then it moves, really, you've got a little bit up, um, the folk stuff moves yeah. north. Yeah, again, it starts from Donegal. Donegal, yeah. Then you move over to the Tara area. To yeah, Meath. to Meath, yeah. But then after this, the whole thing, the whole story for the rest of it shifts over to the County Sligo yes, later in bits of Roscommon. Yeah. It comes home. It does, yeah. And and this is sort of, if you like, where the main body of the story is located. Again, if if you're not from Ireland or not familiar with Ireland, um, it there's kind of a little corner between the sort of the northern coast of Mayo and the western coast of Donegal. There's this little kind of corner inlet and it's that northwest corner of the country where yeah. everything else is happening well, it's now. it's the Balasadere. There's an inlet mm. below um, Sligo. Yeah. There's Sligo Bay. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You've got that, which is a broad cup-shaped bay. Yes, yeah. But if you come round the headland there mm. and come underneath, mm. there's a very deep inlet that goes right into Balasadere. Yeah. You would hardly know you were on the sea there. It yeah. just feels like a river. Yeah. A bridge over a river. Yeah. And both sides, as the stories are set, both sides of this inlet mm. that leads into Balasadere. Yeah. And that part seems very very strong yeah although it looks as though they actually landed right in the middle of Sligo town <laughs> that might explain a lot it might oh no that's not fair <laughs> Sligo is lovely sometimes we love Sligo mm -hmm. yeah you, you then then picks up with with the Dagda and the Morrigan oh yes now they meet on um, in the river over the river Unshin. the river Unshin, and I think we've referred to this before that you know it describes in the text how her one of her feet is in such and such place and the other foot is in the other place these are just the names of the two townlands and the river it's Unshin. not so far apart no well i wouldn't actually don't think we could you could straddle it no but you could probably take a running jump at it <laughs> it's not very wide no exactly so it's not this kind of monstrous you know like as if you were straddling the amazon or the nile it's or even not the shannon again you know you have to think smaller when you're thinking of the irish stuff you know it's a small river it is. and it's it's a very small offshoot of a 
It's yeah. not a main river in any sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're quite right. The two places yes. are just townland names. Exactly. And, not and different towns. No. And that's up to the kind of the northern side of our plain of Moitura. Yes, it's just below the, the, the high plain. It's yeah. on, the, on the lower part. And uh, it's a pretty little mm. area. And it said there that, that uh, when at the beginning of that episode, the Dagda had a house in Glen Aidan. Now, again, when I checked Elizabeth Gray's place index um, and Hogan, I think, um, it said that it was obscure. But there is a Glen Aid up there. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there yeah, is... right on that coast. There. Exactly. You know, and I don't see why... It, it would be very, very close exactly. to come down to the river. Yeah, and to, come to down Anton, to the plain. Yeah. The Fovera land... Yes. Uh, on the coast of Sligo, as you say, on that north... It's that little inlet at Balasadere, we think. Yeah, it's that kind of... But then they go north slightly. Yeah, they, the, they actually march north. Their encampment seems to be, isn't it, between the Unchin and the Urn? Yeah, they well, no, they move up between the Urn and the River Drowse. Oh, and the Drowse, sorry, not the Unchin. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's actually the River Drowse. If you go north of Sligo, mm. round the bump, <laughs> you know, you've got yeah. this bump between ba- the Ballisadere Inlet yeah. and Sligo Bay. Yeah. If you go north again mm. to a net round the next bump, you come to Bundoran. Bundoran, yeah, yeah. Bundoran is a rather rundown. Well, it's the Blackpool of the Northwest. You know, it's full of amusement arcades. It does have apparently very good surfing. It's still very popular.